0: On this episode of Money with Friends, are investors born or made? We share new data tied to health savings accounts that reveal a fascinating answer. It is Saturday, August 15th. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown up kitchen in New York City,
1: and coming to you from Stowe, Vermont, where we're making stacking Benjamins episodes. I'm Joe Salcihi.
0: This is the money news show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own.
1: Today's show is brought to you by NordPass. We lock passwords. You hold the key with NordPass. Store your passwords in the cloud, access them on desktop, mobile, or your favorite browser, all encrypted on your device for your eyes only. You will get up to 50% off 30 day money back guarantee if you head to NordPass.com for forward slash MWF for money with friends. That's NordPass.com forward slash MWF. It is the weekend, Bobby. I can't believe it's the weekend.
0: Yes. It's been quite a week of stormy weather here in New York city. And of course, now now that I'm driving so much and all sunshine
1: here in Vermont, come to Vermont, Bobby. We'll hang out. (gasps) We'll, we'll make sure we stay six feet apart. We'll record these live. We'll go (laughs) climb mountains together, hang out with the Von Traps. What could go wrong?
0: what could go wrong yeah i'll <laughs> consult the family about that one right. <laughs> get
1: back to you Deal.
0: but i do love vermont vermont is a beautiful place so i hope you're enjoying your time there
1: i am learning that now yeah but another thing i enjoy is a good story about a health savings account and what's cool is we don't get to talk about health savings accounts very much so today we'll dive into that but let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick this off
0: this is julian from rich and regular headlines ripped from the financial press only at Money with Friends.
1: All right, this piece comes to us from Napa-Net. That's the National Association of Plan Advisors, the people that manage uh, 401k plans, pension funds, those types of people. This is written by Nevin Adams. Uh, our HSA investors, born or made in HSA, by the way, that's a health savings account, a uh, uh, account that people save into to, uh, as part of their... Um, in. Uh, insurance. They'll get a high deductible insurance plan and then they'll stuff money into what's called an HSA. Uh, Nevin writes, a recent analysis finds that while only 6% of HSA account holders actively invest those funds, nearly two-thirds of those do so within the first year. The analysis by the Employee Benefit Research Institute, EBRI, characterizes those early investors as quote, born. And while what distinguishes them from others is not inherently obvious, the report knows that there is some quality intrinsic to them that prompts them to invest their balances immediately. Uh, a second group, those who transition to investing within the first three years of account ownership, are considered quote made. These EBRI report authors, Jake Spiegel and Paul Franston, say might be the result of some some quote, some external force that prompts them to invest their balances, specifically things like developing a familiarity with HSAs, the result of an effective benefits education campaign, or having accumulated a balance that they feel comfortable investing. However, the EBRI researchers say that among this group, the two most important characteristics they found to be associated with transitioning to investing are account tenure and balance. Quote, in particular, they write, our analysis shows that a one-year income Increase in account tenure is associated with a similar increase in the likelihood of investing as an account balance roughly $3,250 larger. The report also cites employee contributions as a factor that increases the likelihood of investing, likely signaling that engagement is an important determinant in transitioning to investing, they write. Bobby?
0: Um, As for the notion that people are simply waiting for their balance to grow, the report finds, quote, only weak evidence to support that hypothesis when plotting the distribution of account balances. When account holders transitioned to investing, EBRI noted spikes around one thousand dollars, three thousand dollars and six thousand dollars. And by the way. Uh, 1,000 is often the minimum requirement for most plans. Um, Likely signifying thresholds that at least some investors are targeting such as required balance thresholds for investing or health plan deductibles. However, there was a great deal of variance in account balances at the time of investing, suggesting that this only describes a small share of investors. Additionally, plan deductibles apparently do not serve as a strong signal to account holders that they should save that much before investing. There are things that stand in the way. The report highlights the impact of taking a large distribution, at least half the account balance, a factor they say is associated with a reduced likelihood of transitioning to investing, which they say may indicate that account holders try to build their balances back up after withdrawing money from their HSAs before investing. And then it talks about the implications, which we'll kind of summarize here. The report notes that only a few account holders transition to being investors after more than five years of account ownership. A result, they say, is suggestive of two conclusions. One, that long-tenured non-investors intentionally do not invest either because they view their HSA as a spending vehicle or they're concerned about losses. Secondly, since at least some long-tenured account holders transition to investing at some point, then the research suspects there might be some external force driving them to invest, perhaps employers' educational outreach efforts, personal research, or building up a sufficient cash buffer to cover short-term medical expenses, though they know that the actual motivations are undetermined at this present. Um, And so basically, it also talks about the fact that a lot of people are focusing on their short-term health expenses in the year ahead and also that makes sense because you know it's kind of a a replacement for the flexible spending i'm paraphrasing here so people think of it as money that they might need to access it's not necessarily you know we're kind of talking about the idea of investing think about it as retirement account but the truth is that it is a health savings account not a retirement savings account that's my paraphrasing so anyway joe
1: well, I think I, this is so interesting to me. I don't know if, if you found it as fascinating as I did that some people go into this plan and not very many really with the the intention, it seems like, of investing that money, which which I think is the real linchpin to using an HSA really effectively. If you can get enough money in there that you can invest it and then have the interest on that money years later actually pay your, your, your health bills, it's, it's like, you know, I'm as lazy as the next guy, Bobby. I, I, I love having somebody else pay my bill. And if the interest on my money can pay my bills in the future, that's fantastic. So turning more people into investors as is, I think, uh, something that hopefully we see more of in the future.
0: We'll get to our audience comments in a moment because I think they're making some excellent points. But I also want to point out that only 6% are doing this from the beginning, if I understand this article correctly. And I don't know that that's so troubling because the truth is at the beginning, you need to be building that cushion. And as I also kind of emphasize, while I agree with every point you're making, it is a health savings account. Your primary retirement accounts are your retirement accounts. (laughs) So if you're putting money away for retirement to invest. That's your primary for that. The health savings account is triple tax free. It's amazing. And once you have the buffer, but I don't want people investing in risky investments when they don't have very much money there, because this money is after all to cover a high deductible medical plan. And those deductibles can be very high. So you do want to make sure that you have the savings health savings account, have that savings to cover your short-term needs.
1: Yeah, and I totally agree with that. But if you're somebody who is able to cover those out of pocket over the short term, uh, that is a fantastic opportunity that you have to grow that money. And the more you can grow that money inside the HSA, the better off you're going to be. So even though it might hurt a little bit more, Bobby, by taking money that your HSA could be paying to pay some of these short term expenses, leaving that money to set and leaving it invested and taking money out of your wallet to pay that deductible instead. Man, that's a great idea. And and it's interesting because I think I think there's a ton of confusion about you know HSAs and about how they're different than another thing that people use that you referenced earlier, the flex spending account, right? A mm-hmm. lot of people I think think that these are the same exact thing and they're two wildly different beasts.
0: Yes, they are wildly different. And I think what I really like about this piece that you chose is the emphasis on education because the decisions are not the same for everybody. I think that in a bubble, everything you said is correct, but very often the people that are getting these health savings accounts are new to the workforce, young people that are healthy absolutely in most cases and don't need as much of a buffer, but they still kind of do need that buffer, at least to cover, let's say, you know, the a year of the deductible at the very least because they're going to be paying those out of pocket and they often have other again this is a stereotype but the people that are in high deductible plans because that's the healthcare that they can afford often don't have what ideally they should have, what you're pointing to, which is the ability to pay separate from this health savings account. So it's an individual decision, but the important thing is the education and being able to shift gears into investing mode when you do have the resources out of this account to pay for your expenses.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I do hope that they're right. As you're seeing the increase of people uh, putting money in later, that it is an education thing. The people are getting more education. In fact, uh, transitioning to people that are hanging out with us here we're doing this live in multiple places on our, our, our Twitter feed, which is Money Friends Pod. You can also hang out with us on uh, the Stacking Benjamins Facebook page on and also on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash money with friends. And Adrian makes a great point, he says, I wish our insurance person at my previous job explained that you could invest HSA money. I would have gotten an HSA. Uh, I would have gotten an HSA in... Invested.
0: If it looks to the right, yeah.
1: I think it's, I think uh, well, I th-
0: this is a new platform. We're just learning. Yes. But on the right side of the screen, you should be able to see the whole thing.
1: Gotcha. Uh, 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 would have gotten an HSA instead of an FSA and invested a portion each year. I'm in good health with only getting the occasional cold, one to two times a year. You know, it's funny. I used to think too, Adrian, that this was a plan, an HSA, especially good for for uh, healthy people. But it's interesting talking to an insurance uh, uh, guy that we had a long discussion with over on Stacking Benjamins. A guy named Scott Heiser. He said HSAs are great. It also, if if you know that you're really unhealthy because of the fact that you're going to go through all of that deductible, no matter what you do, like going ahead and having the HSA then too can be, can be a fantastic place to be. Um, I think that, um, I think the big thing here that we need to explain to people though, Bobby is this difference between the HSA and the FSA. So the FSA, the flex spending account, can only be used for specific things and it has to be used by the end of the year. If you don't use the money by the end of the year, it goes bye-bye. An HSA accumulates over time. Now, a lot of people can have flex spending accounts if they're available at your workplace. If they're not, you can't create your own. However, an HSA is only available if you have one of these high deductible HSA eligible plans. So you have to ask either your employer or if you go through um, uh, uh, healthcare.gov. You, want, you need to have a plan that specifically works with HSA, so you have to ask that question ahead of time.
0: Absolutely, and um, once you set it up, what's great about an HSA is, as we mentioned, it's triple tax-free in that you get the deduction of your taxes, just like a flex spending, when you put the money in. But then if you use it according to the rules, you're not going to pay money. You're not going to be tax on the way out if you use it according to the rules, which is basically for medical expenses. And you're also not going to pay taxes on the investment gains. So it is in many ways, almost better than the standard retirement accounts, because most retirement accounts you're paying on the way in, or you're paying on the way out. In this case, you're paying in neither... At no time. So they're really the ultimate. So in that sense, I really want to emphasize what Joe said at the beginning, which is you really should try to load this up if you can pay your medical expenses separately. That said, of course, you need to have the money there that you need to have if you don't have it separate.
1: Yeah, and here's a cool thing: is if you are able to pay these out of pocket, these medical expenses, keep all the receipts because there's no drop dead date on on filing those receipts and claiming your money. So let's say that I pay out of pocket this year for uh, something that's HSA related, some procedure, and let's say it's a thousand dollars. So I pay that out of pocket, but I keep my receipt. I can claim that receipt, Bobby, twenty five years from now. I can claim that way, way, way in the future, so I can give the HSA time to make up uh, that difference. And then I can claim it, which is pretty powerful. You know, our friend Eric uh, in Detroit hanging out with us, Eric says the average health costs for a couple retiring this year are about $300,000. Using an HSA can be a tool to help cover some of those retirement health costs. So I think, Bobby, the the quicker you start your HSA and the more you're able to let that build for retirement, the better you're going to be.
0: Well, and especially because stereotypically younger people tend to have lower, well, it's probably not just stereotypically, it's probably sure. actually true. Younger people do tend to have lower medical expenses. So at a time when you're less likely to, to need the money in the short term is a better time to let it accumulate and put in the max.
1: Yeah. And our friend Dan hanging out with us uh, says that he tries to keep the max out of pocket in cash within the HSA and then invest the rest. I think, Bobby, based on what you're talking about, that's a great middle
0: ground. Yeah, I think so. I would agree with that. I think he's really on track. We've got a lot of comments here.
1: We we, we definitely do. Rebecca talking about the investments uh, options. Rebecca reminds people that risky investments in any account need to be planned for based on well-informed total picture. Absolutely. If you're going to invest the money in an HSA, make sure that that money is in a spot that's based on your goals. And when you think you're going to need the money, don't just don't just throw along with, with your HS with your HSA money. By the way, this is something else people don't know, Bobby. If, if your HSA through work does not uh, uh, allow investing, you don't have to leave the money there. You can leave just enough in it to keep the account open, and you're allowed to roll that money. No matter where it is, it's, it is is portable. Your 401k plan's not the same. You have to have specific uh, things inside the paperwork of your 401k, inside the rules of your particular 401k to move it while you're still working there. Otherwise, you're cap- uh, captive to those funds. HSA, not the same. HSA, if they say, no, there's no investments here, you can roll it to an investment account and, uh, and have essentially
0: an say investment account, but yes.
1: Yeah. And, and essentially have two HSAs. You can have multiple mm-hmm. HSA accounts.
0: Which is a nice thing. I remember my, I was in a job for over a decade and my 401k was not portable and it was very frustrating to me because I did want to um, have other options.
1: Yeah. uh, uh, A lot of good stuff here, Bobby. Did we, did did we do any work here? (laughs) We didn't talk about this ahead of time. Did, did we do anything on Instagram here? We did not.
0: We did not. No. Oh my goodness. We have so many comments here on all our different channels.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I want to highlight a couple more. Yeah. Uh, Keep in mind, uh, Rebecca says,
0: just so you know, so we're, as we're using this new platform um, to record on, I can only see the most recent four, but it keeps my screen keeps refreshing.
1: Yeah, keep so in mind a lot
0: of activity. going th-
1: There on are so many. Rebecca says, keep in mind, all high deductible plans are not HSA eligible. Uh, Tim says my employer p- provides an HSA. It doesn't require a high deductible plan and most most an HRA, he calls it. Uh, health retirement account, Mm. that must be, and um, also Mm. behaves like an HSA. Too bad more companies don't provide these. That's funny. I have rarely heard of that type of account. That's uh, that's as bad. And of course, Eric uh, likes the fact that I use drop dead date in a health insurance discussion. So (laughs) 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 you're you're welcome for that. Hey, in in just a second, uh, Bobby and I are going to have our takeaways from today's discussion. And while Bobby thinks of something just absolutely brilliant to cap off this episode of the show. Uh, I will remind you that this show is brought to you by NordPass. You know, I used to have just one password for everything. One password, Bobby, to rule them all. (laughs) Uh, You're not a Lord of the Rings fan, are
0: you? No, no, <laughs> no, no. Also, I've got members of my family walking around and there's all kinds of hand signaling going on.
1: She says, uh, so, yes,
0: uh, this is, this is truly the work at home. <laughs>
1: With NordPass, we lock passwords. You hold the key instead of having that one password to rule them all. Uh, and my failed joke there, uh, instead NordPass <laughs> will create very difficult, uh, d- very, very difficult uh, passwords for all your different, uh, Uh, things. And the cool thing is is that I don't even know my passwords, Bobby. I just get into NordPass when I go to, let's say, Netflix as an example. It automatically logs me in. Don't get me wrong. I can look it up and see what it is. But most of the time, it makes these these logins automatic, quick, and very, very difficult. And the important thing is if somebody does steal my ID, they're only stealing it on one of my places, not in all of them, making it easier for me to reclaim my life. So check it out. NordPass, you will get uh, 50% off and you'll get a 30-day money-back guarantee using our link at nordpass.com forward slash MWF. All right, Bobby, what is our takeaway here?
0: Uh, I would say score one for the importance of proactive financial education. Only a small percentage of people will just intrinsically invest. Many people will need something to prompt them, whether it be education or circumstance. So let's keep at it.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think the important part of this are not the people that you know. According to this, I like their phraseology where they're born, right? Those the, those people are going to be fine. It's the people that this piece calls made. If we can all work at helping each other learn about how HSAs work, this is a really cool tool. It's a really important tool that that a lot of us have available in our in our uh, toolbox. And you've seen, Bobby, you and I both seen over the past few years, it's become more and more and more popular. So it is really catching on. So learning how it works, I think, is a really important part of the plan. And then figuring out how much money you're going to leave in case you do need the money today, but really, if you've got a better strategy, maybe trying to pay for it out out of pocket and letting that money grow a little bit and keeping the receipts might be an even better strategy.
0: I totally agree. And I think that aspiring to have those resources is a really good thing for young people to focus on because they really can load a lot of money into these HSAs at their younger in their younger years when they're not necessarily needing it for um, for health reasons. And so they can really build it up.
1: Hey big thanks to everybody hanging out with us today. They are a chatty group today, Bobby. And we appreciate Very chatty.
0: that. I love this multi-channel thing where we can be on more than one social media platform at the same time. So now we know people can follow us on Twitter. I think there must be some way to set an, an alarm that we're going live, some kind of alert. Um, alert, better than alarm. Um, and and certainly we can do that on Facebook and on uh, YouTube so they can find out when we're going. But they can also find out when we're going live by uh, checking out our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com, because we do keep a schedule there.
1: And the good news is we are going to be making another one of these, if you're listening to the audio uh, channel, on Monday. Because on Monday, we're talking about, believe it or not, Bobby, and I think this might be a shock to you, airlines might not be doing what they promised they do. Is that a surprise? Shocker. Sh- 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 <laughs> right. We'll talk about that on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. Joe's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebell, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020.